Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on Wednesday, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball tonight. Sox taking on the A's for game two of their series. Good game last night. Didn't go the Sox way. That was they were shut down by Chris Bassett. And there's interesting stuff going on with the A's on the field where they're tied with the Red Sox for the best record in the American League. And interesting stuff with the A's off the field as well. Breaking it all down with us is Melissa Lockhart. She covers the A's for The Athletic. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I appreciate you being with us. Let's kind of work backwards because we were just talking about the A's situation as far as the potential for relocation. Do you think relocation is a legitimate option, or is this just a threat to start putting pressure on politicians and city and state leaders? I think it's always an option because it's always been an option for the 15 years that this saga has sort of ground its way through um, all the systems. But the fact that it has been 15 years of these kinds of threats and they haven't moved yet, I think is a pretty telling indication of how good the market you know, could be in Oakland and how that compares to where potential relocation options match up. Um, you know, I know there are other cities that are very interested in bringing in baseball, but the uh, revenue possibilities in the Bay Area market, um, you know, just are much more unlimited at this point. So, you know, it, it certainly is a possibility. I think there obviously is frustration with how um, this kind of process has uh, ground to a halt a little bit. Obviously, the pandemic created um, a big hurdle for everybody, and, and there's nothing anyone could do about that. But, um, you know, there's a proposal in front of the, the um City Council, they'd like to have a vote on it and start to really get moving. And I, this is obviously the pressure applied to try to get that vote and, and get moving. If the vote doesn't happen, you know, I think then relocation becomes certainly a lot more um, possible. In a post-pandemic world, how difficult is it to fund a new stadium? Or how difficult is it to be the politician that stands on the, you know, you know put, digs his heels in on this issue? Well, you know, it, it, it is a privately financed stadium. Okay. So, you know, they're they're building it on their own. Um, the big issue is there are some revenue that they want the city to um, pay them back in tax revenue. So essentially they would build the stadium and there's going to be a whole bunch of other um, kind of development around the stadium. And then also at the current location of the uh, Coliseum and tax revenue that would be uh, funded, you know, out of the, that development would go back to the A's as sort of a repayment for um, building that for a certain amount of time. So, you know, if you're a politician, you might look at that and say that's a tax break or, you know, uh, a tax payout. If you're the A's, it's like you're giving the city a loan to do something that, you know, is developing the city and giving them a benefit. So, you know, there's two sides to this coin. I don't think either side is being completely unreasonable in their request. Um, it's extremely complicated. There's nothing that can be built in California that's not complicated. <laughs> um, you know, regulations are, are a lot more intense here for development than there are uh, pretty much anywhere else in the country. Um, but I think there is a, you know, a, a route for this to come together. Um, and I do think that unlike in past years, the Oakland City Council in general and the mayor certainly is very motivated to keep the team. Um, and that wasn't always the case in past administrations. So I, I think there probably is a path to this. I'm not sure that the move of putting pressure publicly like this was necessarily the greatest PR move on, on the team's part. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean it won't still come together. You know, I, I hate to admit this to you because I don't want to be the person that takes someone else's team. But everyone here in northern New England, whenever we hear that a team might get relocated, everybody's antennas go up because like, hey, Montreal might get the team, and that's actually closer to us than Boston or New York are. So everybody gets excited when they hear this because they think Montreal could be the spot. 
the A's would never go to Montreal if they did relocate, would they? Well, you know, I think Montreal's on the list for, um, you know, any potential relocation. Obviously, the Rays have had some discussions about at least splitting a season there. Um, logistically, I'm not entirely sure how that would work. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's obviously a great city. Um, it's a city that has hosted baseball before, so it's, it's not like it would be a new market the way some of these other cities would be. You know, I think the bigger question is um, American cities have tended to be a little bit more willing to kind of throw money at sports organizations to build stadiums. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case in Canada. Um, and, you know, that might create a little bit of um, an extra layer to it. But, uh, you know, I, the idea of baseball returning to Montreal just in general is has always been one that I thought was pretty cool. I think having more than one franchise in Canada makes a lot of sense. I do, too. I just always thought they'd want to keep the A's and the AL West to avoid complete divisional realignment. That's why I always thought Vegas or Portland made more sense for them. Yeah, you know, and that certainly, I mean, is probably why you hear Vegas is being the leading contender. Um, you know, it, it, from a realignment perspective, that would, would create no issues. You know, Portland, similarly, although I think there's a territorial claim that the Mariners would make um, on that region that I think create that they have never really fully had to address because there's no team that's been on the verge of moving there. But if it got closer, um, it'd be interesting to see how willing the Mariners would be to have a team that close to them when they basically had the whole Pacific Northwest for themselves for this long. Um, you know, Vancouver was another uh, city that had sort of been mentioned. But, um, you know, I think there's there, there are these cities that are available in part because they create pressure on the existing markets to create new stadiums. And, um, you know, anytime any one of those gets a team like Washington, D.C. does, it creates less of a threat for these new stadiums to be built. So, um, you know, that's another motivation for why MLB doesn't necessarily want to fill um, those relocation markets and instead focus on, on the markets that they have. Um, so there's a lot of layers. It, it's kind of, it's sort of like the CBA negotiations. Like you kind of wish this stuff didn't play out publicly because it takes away from the field, you know, the play on the field, which is, I think, what most fans really want to focus on. Um, but it kind of is what it is. <laughs> Melissa Lockard covers the A's for the Athletic, and you cover the team at the major league level really, really well, and I don't expect you to be a complete minor league expert. I'm going to throw a question at you anyways because, um, as you know, minor league baseball consolidated this year, and up here uh, the Vermont Lake Monsters were the A's affiliate at low A ball, and they lost their affiliation with professional baseball. Um, well, just kind of anecdotally, did you ever hear anything about what the A's thought about having a minor league affiliate 3,000 miles away? Yeah, well, actually, I've, I've covered the A's minor league system pretty uh, uh, extensively over the last 15 years, so I had a really good relationship with uh, the Vermont um, front office, and, and um, I know they they actually really loved being with the Lake Monsters. I think when initially when they uh, had to move their short-season team from Vancouver to Vermont, they weren't entirely sure how that was going to work just from a distance perspective. You know, obviously – um, it, it's not necessarily convenient for their front office to be able to go out there and, and, and view um, their prospects that were playing at that park. But uh, they warmed up to it immediately. Um, they really loved the community that um, you know was around that park in Burlington. They treated the players extremely well. Um, I, I think it was a lot of fun for a lot of those, especially a lot of those players that just drafted out of college to go and play in Burlington and, and be part of that community there. Um, and I know David Forrest, after the yeah. whole realignment was announced, you know, expressed how 
you know, sad and disappointed that he was that they weren't still part of affiliated base baseball and that there was no way for the A's to continue their relationship with them. But um, I know they had a very positive experience with him. Well, a lot of great former Lake Monsters on the A's currently. Some of them were injured. Jesus Lazardo was here for a bit. Chad Pinder has had a you know had some great early moments this year with the A's. He was with the Lake Monsters as well. To the immediacy, though, the Red Sox and A's are playing right now. The A's took Game One yesterday behind great pitching from Chris Bassett. Like. Who is this guy that came in and shut the Sox down yesterday? You know, he's quietly been one of the top pitchers and in, in, top starters in the American League over the last, I, I'd say, I don't know, um, season and a half, if you want to go back even to the second half of 2019. Um, but, you know, he, not overpowering, but he has about six different pitches he can kind of manipulate in different ways, keep hitters really off balance. Um, his, you know, delivery has always been a little bit deceptive. Um, which makes it hard for, you know, guys to really line him up. And, you know, when he's really locating, you see what you saw last night, which is just, you know, hitters never really fully feeling comfortable in the box against him. And um, you see a lot of results like that. So, yeah, even he's quietly, I think, been sort of their staff ace since the start of 2020. And um, I think finished seventh in the Cy Young last year. But, you know, most people outside the Bay Area probably haven't heard of him. You know, Jed Lowry is a former Red Sox. Hit 250 with his time with the Red Sox. Even worse with the Astros. Never played for the Mets. He goes to Oakland with his great gazoo helmet and becomes like Mr. MVP practically. <laughs> so, what is it about Oakland for Jed Lowry? I don't know. Maybe it's the light cleats or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. But yeah, I mean, every single time they've acquired him, he's outplayed, I think, every expectation <laughs> anyone would have for him. Um, and, you know, that's three different stages of his career, really. You know, the first time they got him, it was sort of kind of like a prospecty type guy. It wasn't quite a prospect at that point, but, you know, on the young part of his career. Second time they got him back, he was more established. And then this time it was like he was, should have been washed up and he's, he's, not quite the same defender that he used to be, but he's certainly that same kind of two doubles a game kind of hitter that the A's have really come accustomed to. So it was a, a very shrewd uh, kind of off-season signing that very low cost for them. Well, Jed Lowry, you know, the, the two-flat batting helmet just needs to – everybody needs to have the two-flat batting helmet. I've been, I've been <laughs> prone to liking Jed Lowry solely for that. Yeah, you know, he's extremely low maintenance. He was also, I think, one of the last guys to not use, I mean, to be using a flip phone and not be using a smartphone. So I feel like the double clap helmet is exactly what a guy with a flip phone needs. <laughs> Absolutely. Melissa Locker, she covers the A's for The Athletic. You can check out her work there at The Athletic and follow her on social media as well. Melissa, we appreciate the time and the perspective. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.